have a special treat this morning. We have uh, a guest preacher in Sarah Ma Taylor. Um, Sarah and her husband, Aaron, were uh, founding members of this church, planting members way back in the beginning. Um, and uh, Sarah was a graduate of our first ever preaching cohort. Um, and now she's serving on Vestry. So uh, it's a treat to welcome Sarah to our pulpit today. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, please pray with me. Let's invite the Holy Spirit. Tiana Yesu. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you that we are gathered here together to praise you. Thank you that, Holy Spirit, you dwell within us. And God, that you have so much for us in this life to know you and to love one another like living streams of water, God. So we praise you. We offer this time to you, God. I offer these words to you and offer my heart and just ask that you be glorified, that whatever you speak would stay whenever um, that the enemy wants to grasp and take down, Lord, that you would would, uh, thwart him in Jesus' name. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Happy Pentecost. So, yeah, this is great. This is a great day. (laughs) Um, I specifically asked for this day. (laughs) Um, The coming of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2 is one of my favorite passages. Um, But I wanted to note, too, that the gospel reading was the very, uh, the the Samaritan woman, we had read it like a couple weeks ago, maybe months ago. It was this very passage that made me realize that uh, God is to be worshipped, not just in Jerusalem, but in spirit and in every tribe and every nation. Um, So I wanted to put that gospel reading in there personally. Um, But this time, reading Acts 2 and preparing for Pentecost, I was uh, reminded of a children's book that has been a favorite of Chloe's. It's called Luli and the Language of Key, and I wanted to start off by sharing it with you all. So let's put up the first slide. This story focuses on a playroom um, with children of immigrant parents who are learning English as a second language in the classroom next door. And Luli is um, this, the, the main character. She, um, her family's from China. And she comes into the playroom and she notices that everyone is playing alone in the room. All these kids are playing alone because they all speak different languages. And then, slide two, she has an idea. She uh, brings this idea to Miss Hirokane, her teacher, and um, she she wants to bring this full tea set uh, to share tea with these friends in order to help them bring them together. And the next slide, you'll see that in order to call everyone to come drink tea, she bravely shouts, cha, which is tea in Mandarin Chinese. And then all this amazing thing starts, starts to happen. All these kids, you can go to the next slide, all these kids, their heads start popping up. And they say, uh, they start saying tea in their own language. So chai says anai in Hindi, shay says hakim in Arabic, and many, many more kids. They say tea in their language, which all surprisingly sound very, very similar (laughs) to Luli's call in their own heart language. 
So I was reminded of this story because it really reminded me like, wait, isn't this what's happening in Acts 2 a little bit? <laughs> so why don't you turn with me to Acts 2? I don't have the page number. I'm sorry. Uh, turn with me to Acts 2, chapter 909. 2. 909. Thank you. Let's look at this amazing event. And let's see what God has to show us about himself and about us. Now remember, Jesus had just made his grand exit and ascended back to God in heaven, leaving his disciples to wait for what he promised. He promised a helper called the Holy Spirit. And here we are on the day of Pentecost where this very promise is being fulfilled. We read that the Holy Spirit fills all the followers of Jesus. And commentators say, it's not just like a couple people. It's like 120 people in this room. And they begin to speak in all these different languages. And then we read on. At the same time that this is happening, a great gathering of Jews, devout Jews from all these other nations, are in Jerusalem. And they begin to hear these believers speaking their own heart language, this language that they grew up with, the language of their home that they're, they're so far away from. So we see in verse 8, they say, how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? And in verse 11, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. So like the children in this book who are surprised to hear something like their own heart language being spoken, these people were even more shocked and amazed to hear their very own heart language word for word from these people, these Galileans who are unlike themselves. This is the very first act of the Holy Spirit in this new era of believers. Let's just take that in. God is calling out to the nations. And the Holy Spirit gave the believers power to communicate with these Jews from other nations. And, and not just to communicate any news, but the most important news, which is the mighty works of God. Could this even have been about Jesus' death and resurrection? We don't know specifically, probably, but whatever the news was, we do learn that the mighty works of God are meant to be known by all in the world. So what does this say about who God is? About his heart for the world and its people? This event, as well as all of Scripture, proclaims clearly and loudly that God, the God we serve is the God of every nation under heaven. Jesus' last words on earth to his disciples in Acts 1, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, all Judea and Samaria, and to all of the earth. And I believe today, is the very day we as believers need to be called deeper into this core part of God's identity. The God we worship is to be known and worshipped by every language, people, and tribe. The Jesus we love 
wants the whole world to know and believe in him. And the Holy Spirit dwelling within us is the very same Holy Spirit that dwells within our brothers and sisters around the world. So like these people, we ask in verse 12, amazed and perplexed, what does this mean? What does this mean? And I invite us to engage with God this morning in a possibly new or challenging way today and in a way that shapes our lives moving forward in order to know God more fully and to turn to love each other more fully. And I invite us not to only understand the things we talk about today with our minds, but with our hearts. And to clarify too, I am asking everyone in here to engage with this. Whatever ethnic or national background you come from, whether you're Asian, white, black, whether you're American, an international student, a third culture kid, a child of immigrants, an immigrant yourself, or even just a visitor, wherever you are, I invite you all to engage with this question. What does it mean for our lives to worship the God of every nation under heaven? And we'll try and engage this question in two ways. First, through the God-given gift of ethnic identity. And second, through the God-given gift of the Holy Spirit. So first, if God is truly the God of every nation on earth, then we meet the full image of God when we embrace the identity of the nations in ourselves and in those around us. So what does this mean? It means that every person from every nation was created to worship God. And in order to worship God, he requires that we bring all of who we are to him. To truly worship God is to understand in our hearts that Every person is made in the image of God. And that means all of who that person is in their ethnicity, in their culture, culture, is created and known by God and ultimately is made whole when they believe in Jesus. God gives us the gift of ethnic identity. I remember, um, I wanted to share a, a quick story. I remember a significant moment of me coming to understand this. Uh, I was asked this question by an InterVarsity conference speaker. We were at like a fall conference. And the speaker asked everyone, what are the good things about your ethnicity and culture? And I immediately defaulted to thinking, I don't think there are any good things. All I could think of were like the hurtful and shameful parts of my Chinese culture. But as I genuinely came to God with this question, I began to realize that even the parts that I am ashamed of were created for his glory. I, the, the, what I thought was, oh man, Chinese people work so hard. <laughs> and obviously this is not a, a specific characteristic to only Chinese people, um, but in my experience, it's a significant one. So we do so much like too much, and all to a too high standard, from our work, to our reputation, to our status, and to our hospitality. Um, and we'll go to the next slide. I thought of the opening ceremony of the 2008 Beijing Olympics. Y'all, that was crazy. 
literally my mouth gaping open the whole like hour and a half, however long it was. I was like, what is going on? This is the craziest ceremony. There was like, at one point, I, I wanted to put this picture up there. There was too many good pictures. At one point, there was just this huge scroll ro rolling across the stage. I was like, wow. Um, it was so over the top. It was done to perfection. It was the epitome of the Chinese standard shown to the world. But God reminded me in that moment that this part of my culture is beautiful when done to his glory. And yes, when it's done for the glory of the world, it can be seriously harmful and detrimental. And growing up, I, I miss the essence of its original purpose and beauty because I never knew God was the one who made everything good first and will make everything that's good last into eternity. So if we believe God redeems us completely by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, then that includes our ethnic identity. All the brokenness of our ethnic identities find their healing in God, whether that's your own painful experiences of not belonging and being the other, or the generational sins of the country and the people you come from, to even your own struggle to recognize the meaning and purpose of your ethnic identity in God's kingdom. Every nation in the fullness of their beauty, their language, their food, their wardrobe, their celebrations, and their hearts is created to belong in God's kingdom now and so much more in heaven. And we know this is true because in Revelation 7, 9, John gives us this vision. He says, And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. But in the brokenness of our world, we don't see this happening. Instead, the nations of the world are like the children in Luli's playroom. They may know who they are to some degree by themselves, but they are alone and incomplete in their joy. They are seeking and waiting for something or someone to call out to them, to help them belong where they were created to belong, together in God's family. And this includes the very nation we live in. So though America is very diverse, with the population growing more and more racially and ethnically diverse, let's be honest, people of different backgrounds would rather much play alone than together. And I feel this for our church and for the churches in Tallahassee. And I often wonder, what would it look like if we worship together with the churches around us who are ethnically different than us? For some of you, the reality that our ethnic identity can find healing and wholeness in God stirs up great hope. And I encourage you to keep journeying with Jesus, sharing with him your pains and joys. I encourage you even more to share your experiences with the brothers and sisters in this church community and beyond. The more we share, the more we are displaying God's beauty and majesty, represented and glorified in every nation and culture 
in every story he is writing in this book. Sharing about the brokenness and beauty of our ethnic identity, it's a vulnerable act. So let's all commit to being safe people and creating safe spaces for this kind of sharing for God's glory. And maybe for others of you, talking about this may stir up shame and fear. Or maybe it's difficult to engage with your ethnic identity and you don't know where to begin. Then I invite you to courageously engage with your own ethnic identity. I challenge you to think about how God cares about the way he made you. What would it look like to discover how to celebrate the ways of your people and your family? How does this bless the kingdom and those around you? In what ways is God inviting you to know him more fully in all his beauty and splendor through your own ethnic identity as well as of those around you? For those who are interested in learning more, I recommend reading Beyond Colorblind by Sarah Shin to begin asking God to open your eyes to your own ethnic and cultural brokenness and beauty so that you may be able to understand yourself and to understand better the different experiences of those around you with God's grace and power. And parents, in thinking about your kids, maybe try reading more children's authors who are from a different ethnic background than yourself. And if you're already a champ at that, which I know some of you are, then help your kids begin to understand their ethnic identities in small ways. I recommend just starting simple, maybe just learn some family history. Another idea maybe is to have a night where you and another family intentionally exchange stories that highlight the beauty of each family's culture, noting differences and celebrating God in it all. There could be so many ways to do this with the hearts of children and us. And I urge always to pray and ask the Holy Spirit how you can lovingly and honorably make space for people to share their ethnic-specific stories. Okay, I probably lost the kids. Um, let me finish by telling you the ending of Luli's story. So, we ended with Luli yells out, Cha! And all these kids are popping up, Shay, Chai. Um, they all come together around the table. Um, this is slide six. <laughs> um, and they begin sharing tea. And they're happy. They have this familiar warm cup in their little hands. And then Luli pulls out her last tree, and she says her new favorite word, cookies. And they're all, like, going crazy over the cookies. Um, and the next slide. At the end of all this, Luli's teapot was empty, but her heart was full. Direct quote. And the whole playroom dynamic changes. And the kids began to play together with newfound joy. So this wonderful ending to Luli's story reveals the beauty of relationship. And this brings me to the last gift God gives us. If God is truly the God of every nation on earth, then every person from every nation was created to be in relationship with one another in a radical way. To the sharing of the hi. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> All right, start that again. <laughs>
I knew she would come up here at one point. <laughs> if God is truly the God of every nation on earth, then every person from every nation was created to be in relationship with one another in a radical way through the sharing of the Holy Spirit. So in Luli's story, she used the power of tea and cookies to bring this multilingual group of children together. This opened doors to new friendships and dispelled the illusion that their differences kept them apart. And in our story, the Holy Spirit is the very real power of God living inside of us that breaks down every barrier and makes a way for cross-cultural relationships to flourish in community. When the believers receive the Holy Spirit in Acts 2, they receive the power to create close-knit communities across cultures and nations. Just keep reading Acts in the New Testament to see this. It's in sharing in a diverse community full of cross-cultural mishaps, offenses, and mistakes that we learn the power of the Holy Spirit. It would be practically impossible to live in a diverse community where we seek to honor everyone in their God-given image without the Holy Spirit to guide us, to convict us, to remind us of God's heart for all peoples, and most of all, to fill us with true grace and love in order to bear with each other's burdens when things get confusing, messy, and hard. God is so, so great, my friends. His glory is more vast than anything we can imagine, and yet here we are gathered together, every person made in the image of his great glory. How beautiful. What other God does this? What kind of life would we live if every part of us wasn't made for the purpose of sharing in each other's uniqueness, in each other's culture and language? What kind of faith would we have if we could not reconcile our cultural and ethnic differences? What kind of God do we worship if he only reflected one person's culture and no one else's? My family, I invite you to leave with a new heart to engage our God of all nations. I invite you to open your eyes to seeing the ways you yourself or those around you might be inclined to play alone in your own corner of the playroom. How can we ask the Holy Spirit to help us truly share in each other's lives across culture and language and ethnicity? And kids, how can you try next time to reach out to that friend in the room who you never played with before? Maybe you notice they look different than you or may even speak another language. But whatever it may, it may be, you have the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you how to love them 
but most of all, how to receive love from it. I want to end with the first half of um, Psalm 67 that we read today. It says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Brothers and sisters, the fullness of God comes when every nation finds its way, its identity, its healing, its beauty, and ultimately its praise in God alone. Let all the peoples of the earth praise you, almighty God. Amen.